Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Today in Space podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, first, I'd like to say uh, sorry for being late, but you know what that means? It just means we have a special Saturday episode of Today in Space. So that's awesome. Sick. Woo! Uh, but no, uh, I was uh, in Michigan, uh, got stuck longer at work uh, than uh, originally planned, and uh, didn't have any time to get to the podcast. So um, finally had a chance, and we're coming out Saturday night. Super Bowl's tomorrow, so, you know, you've got something great for uh, Monday. Or if you don't watch the Super Bowl, don't watch football, perfect, you got that right there. Um, before we get into it, uh, don't forget, go to the Amazon link if you want to help support the podcast. Uh, do your shopping from there like normal, and Amazon kicks us back a little bit of uh, whatever you buy for all the science and cool shit that we're doing here. And uh, I've got some cool 3D printing stuff for you guys this week. We're going to be talking about... Uh, Detroit, just industry in general, and then we'll actually do mythology, since it is the first of the month. So this week, we're going to be talking about Orion the Hunter. That's right, uh, Orion's Belt, Orion's Nebula. As we learned uh, a few episodes back, we're going to be doing that. And uh, that's it. Let's start the show. Welcome to a special Saturday episode of the podcast. Uh, it's been a crazy motherfucking week. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, it, it's been pretty crazy. This was one of the weeks where uh, just I was on the road doing a job, and I was in wonderful Michigan. I uh, flew into Detroit, and uh, the job just took longer than expected um, and, and threw my whole week out of, out of whack. Um, I mean, it is what it is. That's, it's part of the job. So, um, but, uh, Detroit and well, the Detroit area, uh, we were working outside of Detroit. Um, we'll just say for argument's sake, uh, an automotive place. Okay. Place, place that makes cars. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy how big industry and, and manufacturing and really industry can be. The, the sheer scale of when you walk into some of these places and you see these rooms and they just go on for what seems like forever. And the ceilings are so high, I mean, you, you could have a storm cloud in there, you know? <laughs> Have you ever seen that with uh, some of the hangers? Um, they actually form little storms inside. It can actually rain inside of an air hanger. Um, that's just because it's so big. I mean, those things are open so that it can actually get a storm to start. But that's besides the point. I'm rambling here. Um, it was really crazy seeing some of the stuff this week. Uh, just the sheer mass how some of these things have to be to 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 create just the the stuff we need on a daily basis whether it's automotive whether it's cars whether it's planes whether it's 
space ships, spacecraft, rockets, engines, you know, all that stuff. You'd never get to see it. It's it's the total behind the scenes. It's like that show how it's made. Like, it's just, you don't ever consider it. You don't ever really consider what it takes to make some of the stuff we have. You know, and you can get pretty jaded about, you know, oh, well, we made this, we can make that. You know, I remember when I first started engineering, that was a big thing, was... When I got into plastics engineering, it was one of my first internships. Just realizing making things is not easy. And the only way to get done is by people figuring out how to make it work. You know? And all you gotta do is make it work uh, a few times, basically. Make it work, make it be repeatable. And then you're good, and then you you tweak it. You know, but just getting something made is really when you see it. I think I think that's what I'm most in, in shock of from uh, this trip this week is is the lengths that we go to to make things. You know, and if if that's if that's the length we go to on Earth, man, when we start making things in space, it's gonna be crazy, and, and we're gonna have to. I really, I just, we have to make it in space if we're going to do some some crazy Star Trek-style ships, you know? We won't be able to build them on Earth. Uh, I mean, if we built them in parts and sent them up, we could, but we we need a, a, a space factory, an orbiting space factory. Or we just build on the moon. I mean, that, that works with me, too. But, I mean, that's why I'm such a big believer that we, once we start working in space, once we start building in space and doing that kind of stuff, man, there's going to be so many jobs. Like, so many jobs. Um, just for, because every little thing needs to get done. Every little thing needs to uh, be put together. You know, if you're going to have people working up there, you need to have people feeding them, you know, uh, on a daily basis. I mean, maybe you have enough food up there to feed them and have them do it themselves. But you probably need people to feed. You need people to run maintenance. You need people... You know, if there's a business operating space, you're going to need <laughs> secretaries. You're going to need a human resource department. You're going to need a lawyer <laughs> who's probably back on Earth. But you're going to need all those things. You know, so industry is a fucking good thing. And I think we've especially in America, kind of forgot about that. I mean, there's plenty of people who work in industry, but on their off time, they don't want to talk about industry. They, they want to go home and do regular things. <laughs> so you'd never hear about it, you know? And in the case of anyone who works on anything proprietary or aerospace or anything like that, you know, you can't talk about it. So, you know, this is the behind-the-scenes stuff. And it was a pretty wild week. Um, had to work an extremely long day. Uh, I had a step counter on my phone and, uh, turns out I walked 15 miles during my work day. So just to give you just a sort of gauge of how, of how my, uh, week has been. 
uh, and have to do that in uh, steel-toed boots because you're <laughs> you don't want you know you got to have the protection in case something does fall on your foot. You know, I mean, you wear it in the hopes that you never have to do anything with it, but yeah, you're wearing steel-toed boots. Um, and uh, it was yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, the uh, flights are pretty cool. Uh, you know, typical stuff, you know, uh, when you're flying, so I flew to Detroit from Boston, so it was actually longer on the way there than on the way back. Um, the first time got to have my ears, uh, pop, I figured that out. I, I, my whole life, I've never been able to pop my ears. I've always had to wear, uh, earplugs and it never works. Earplugs don't work. They don't work. You, you, you. Or I'm not doing it right, you know? Uh, and then your ears hurt all the time. Um, but, yeah, finally did that. I don't even know. I'm just rambling here. Uh, but on the flight, I saw this really, really cool... I didn't expect it <laughs> to be cool because it was, uh, like, the Wall Street Journal online or something like that. Uh, so, of course, I'm like, okay, you know, a newspaper doing something online, you know, who knows, who knows, you know, I'd already seen, like, a few of them, one was, like, an artist, it was, like, talking about, who I've never seen his work, so it's kind of like, okay, I don't care, but they did show this really cool uh, Saturn clip, which was a few minutes long, I'll have the link on this week's episode, but it captured, it, so it showed you all the images that the Cassini spacecraft took as it was approaching Saturn, and taking all the pictures there. Um, and they did it in chronological order. And so while they're showing you the pictures that it took during that time, it'll tell you the date, and then it'll tell you the historical stuff that was happening back on Earth. So it's just a really cool clip to go check out. I, I, I really enjoyed it, especially when I was on the flight, because I didn't have anything else to do. Um, really, really cool little clip. So thank you, Wall Street Journal, for that. I Never thought I'd ever say that, but thank you. That was that was really cool. So now let's switch gears into the the newest news from Saturn. Uh, thanks to the Cassini spacecraft, uh, there's new science that just came out. Uh, NASA released, <clears throat> as well as I believe JPL. It turns out that we found out some pretty interesting stuff about Saturn's rings. Now, the part of the ring we're talking specifically is Ring B, which is the the thickest looking ring in Saturn, okay? So, right off the bat, logically, what would you even think, right? Thicker ring, right, probably means it's got more material, right? Because you think of things passing through, you know, and if, if you can't see through it, right, it's got to be thicker, denser, right? Well, it turns out what they're reading from Cassini's research is that the thickest layer, ring B, is actually the thinnest. And they, they figured that out by the density. And the density that they looked, again, not the whole ring, but the area that they looked on the ring shows that it's actually less dense than a lot of the other thinner, darker looking layers. So, it, it's it's a pretty weird finding you know it kind of defies the logic a little bit 
Um, but apparently that's not the first time they've actually seen results like that. Uh, in There were other tests that were done uh, at similar parts, at similar types of rings. Uh, you know, the technically thicker looking rings um, where they looked at a star behind the rings and measured, um, I'm not 100% sure, but they, they measured, I would guess, the light coming through to see the density of whatever that ring is. And apparently they got the same results. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to think, like, okay, why is that? You know, uh, you know, could it just be that we were looking in the wrong spot? You know, do we just happen to look through the thin spot of that ring and we were wrong? That totally could be the case. Um, but if not, it, it really could be uh, something interesting just to see how this starts. I mean, I think the one of the craziest findings from Saturn thanks to Cassini, and uh, some other observations, is about the Phoebe ring, which is a ring that no one ever really, like, thinks about when they think about Saturn. You think about the ring that is directly around it, but the Phoebe ring around Saturn is actually 7,000... Let me, let me look this up so I got it right. But <laughs> it is... Uh, one second. Let me look up the number. 7,000 times larger than actual Saturn. So there's this giant dusty ring that you barely have, you, you wouldn't see with the telescope because you'd be focused on Saturn. And 7,000 times that size, you've got this ring. So uh, it's filled, you know, it has rocks about the size of soccer balls. Um, and a whole bunch of other things, but it, it's just stuff you never expect, and that's the cool thing about this finding from Saturn is you wouldn't expect the thicker-looking ring to actually be the thinnest. So pretty cool stuff from Saturn and uh, Cassini. And, oh, cool thing about Cassini, right? So Cassini's mission is going to end uh, more or less soon. It's coming to the end, and uh, they've decided to crash land it on uh, Saturn's surface. Now, uh, the reason for that, other than being friggin' awesome and having a good way to go, like, awesome way to go, uh, it's also so that they don't contaminate the icier parts of the Saturn system, like Enceladus, where there'd be water, and, of course, where there's water, there very well could be life. So, uh, pretty cool way to end... Uh, really awesome, awesome mission from Cassini. This week's 3D printing update. And that is the sound of my 3D printer at work. Uh, yeah, done a lot of work with the 3D printer this week, so with as little time as I've had. Uh, started the week, uh, again, still on the road to printing ABS. So, again, the plastic Legos are made out of, but it has a toxic fume. Uh, so, I mean, you're not going to drop dead from it right away, but it's not good for you. So, uh, you got to have a vent system with a little filter. 
And uh, it's just like, you know, it's it's the same as like you don't spray paint inside with no windows open, right? Same idea. Just, you, it, it's a, it takes a whole nother level of uh, preparation. So what I've been doing is uh, designed a box, like I said last week, uh, had to keep it on on the cheap, um, and had to do wood and glass. So uh, just uh, got the glass cut the week before, and now it's just putting it together and also staining the wood. So uh, I found out I am very new to this. <laughs> I've never built a box before, uh, as, as stupid as that sounds. Uh, it's not that easy to build a box, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, nothing's coming out straight. Uh, like all the like cuts that I've made are not 90 degrees. <laughs> so I have to like sand them down cause you can't just like, cause I designed it for literally just putting the two by fours, uh, flush with each other. But if you actually put a flush without making sure that it's, it's a straight cut, you know, it, it, it's just, the angles are all wrong. And, uh, so, but it, it um, it's a learning process. I think the biggest thing about a project this size, like there's so many pieces of wood that are all different lengths, and they got cuts in different places and all that crap. I think the biggest thing is like I needed to have a picture of the model that I made online, and I had to number it, like with the actual lengths. Like that, that's how complicated it was getting. I, I like had to recut like three times. Because it just, I, I uh, was not prepared. I, I wasn't visualizing it right. And I had everything planned because I designed it on my computer. But, uh, yeah, next time I do that, I know I'm printing out a picture of it <laughs> and labeling it. Because, holy crap, has that been frustrating. Uh, but it's a good kind of frustration. You know, it's, it's learning something new, doing something different. Uh, so I got no problem with that. Um, it's also kind of cool because, you know, if you ever work in engineering, there's always, you know, they try and push a, um, you have to do things in, in the, the right order when you're making something, right? Uh, you know, you don't finish the part before you cut it. You know, you finish it afterwards, you know, to make it look good. You cut the, the burrs off after you cut it. That Just to give you an idea of what I mean. Um, as far as building this, I have to... Uh, make sure I do it in the right order because I'm putting glass panes inside of everything. So like, even though I could go further with it, I have to wait because basically I have to put this whole thing together in one go. So, uh, cause it's a frame with, uh, a glass pane on one of the sides and then there's two doors on the other two. So, uh, yeah, it's a process. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the 3D printing that I've been doing has been pretty cool. I've pretty much been printing with just wood PLA again. I love that stuff. Um, it's way easier to use than PLA, I feel, uh, just the regular stuff. Um, and again, PLA is just a, uh, a bio-created uh, product that uh, a lot of people, they use them in the classrooms to teach kids and stuff because they don't give off the fume that ABS gives. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. It's obviously a, a weaker plastic than ABS. Like, if you're going to build anything that's got to take, you know, some damage or you just got to use some strength, PLA is not for you. Um, but if you just want to build stuff and uh, use a 3D printer, I'd say PLA is the way to go. Uh, luckily, my 3D printer can do both. Uh, 
so that's really cool. Uh, it's been uh, different. This new board that I'm printing on is really specific. It needs a little bit higher temperature. It needs the layer to be put down slower. Um, but once I figured that out on like how to tune it in, uh, it prints, the surface that it prints is so much better than anything I've gotten before. So uh, really cool. And the great thing, it's black. So the videos of the time lapses of all the 3D prints are coming out really, really good. Um, so again, working on those. Obviously, didn't have any time this week to work on them, but they are coming out. Don't worry. I didn't just say that to you. <laughs> I'm serious. They're coming uh, just in the long list of the science that's coming out. Um, so, yeah, 3D printing, awesome. And uh, let's move on. Okay, now, let's talk about the mythology behind Orion, the constellation, right? Orion's belt, the Orion Nebula. It is, without a doubt, the most recognized constellation out there. Can't speak for the world. But any time that I've ever talked to anybody about constellations or looked into the sky and looked at the stars, Orion's Belt is one of the first things anyone really looks for and finds. Um, and after looking up the mythology behind Orion, who was in fact a, a huntsman, and by the legend, uh, the greatest huntsman, uh there is very little known about the actual history of the man behind the mythology of Orion. Uh, and, in fact, there's actually two different stories that, that come up in the mythology. The first one is probably the most... Uh, it's the one I've heard the most. And it is the idea that Orion was the son of Poseidon and... Uh, the daughter, no, <laughs> that's not right, the uh, son of the great Amazon huntress, Queen Uriel. And uh, apparently, according to that legend, Orion inherited her incredible talent, uh, but along with it, the incredible ego that comes along with that. And, you know, would slay beasts as large as anything that could come. And because of his ego, he overlooked a scorpion, a tiny scorpion that came and stung him and killed him. So I believe that's the one you hear most because there is Scorpio in the sky. So I think people use Scorpio and Orion together to kind of tell that story. That's where I, I would guess that came from. Uh, kind of a hodgepodge of different myths going together, especially since the constellations are together. So, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, Orion and Scorpio are in opposite sides of the sky. The way I remember hearing it when I was younger was that when Orion was put in the sky, he was put in the opposite side of the sky as Scorpio, because Scorpio was the only one that could kill Orion. Uh, but, you know, as mythology goes, 
they, it changes <laughs> depending on who has said it and the time that it was said to. Um, but there's a, another story, the other side of the myth of Orion, where it tells that Orion was actually uh, had no mother and was gifted to a peasant mortal from, I believe it was Zeus. Let me let me check the legend here. I found a good online book on this that kind of goes over it. Uh, the yeah, it was given to a pious peasant, as the book says from Zeus, Poseidon, and Hermes. Uh, and this is where it gets really weird, because apparently Orion had the same powers as uh, Jesus, because uh, he was a skilled blacksmith, and uh, apparently could walk on water. So, uh, didn't expect that. Didn't know that part of the, the myth. Um, you know, and, and could and was larger and stronger than any other man, so it kind of has a little bit of Hercules in there, too. So, you know, he, he did a bunch of things from fabricating a subterranean palace for Hephaestus and uh, also walled in the coast of Sicily against the encroaching sea and built a temple to the gods there. So, you know, it, this all gets a little weird with all this stuff, but that's, that's mythology for you, right? Um, and apparently, uh, Orion also fell in love with, uh, Merope, who was the daughter of, uh, Enopion, uh, and princess of Hios. So, her father, the king, didn't like that very much. Uh, nobody really seems to like Orion in any of the stories that you read of the mythology of him. Uh, whether it's this story or the other story where, um, the, the goddess, uh, Artemis, uh, fell in love with him. Uh, Apollo didn't like him either. So, uh, basically in, in both, uh, in both instances, uh, Orion pretty much gets, gets fucked over. When, um, Merope's father, the king, didn't like him, uh, basically got him drunk and uh, made him blind, and then put him out by the sea, right? So then he follows the, the hammering of an axe and finds a cyclops, who then feels sorry for him and gives him a friend that he can help him travel, and then finds the, the sun god who uses the rays of light to uh, restore his sight. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, throughout the story... Basically, his hunting skills get him to where he needs to be and then falls in love with women who have men who are there protecting them and do harm to him. In fact, Apollo does it really sneakily where uh, him and Artemis are having an argument about whether Artemis can actually hit this floating black spot in the ocean. And, of course, Artemis, not taking any shit, decides... You know, let's, yeah, fuck you, I'll, I'll, I'll hit that, that black spot in the ocean. Uh, but unbeknownst to her, what she was shooting at was the back of Orion's head. And so, she killed her for her love, you know, but Apollo, that sneaky bastard, um, got what he wanted. You know, and that, that's a lot of the stories with a lot of the Greek gods is, is one one of the gods knowing 
the other one very well and using their uh, their greatest skill against them. It's uh, uh, it's it's a pretty cool story. Um, definitely not what I was. I didn't I didn't uh, know the second story, the last one we just said. I was aware of the the first part of the myth. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, you know, another story I had heard again. I don't know if this one's true, but apparently, the um, oh damn, what is what is the name of that star cluster? One second, one second. Okay, thank goodness for the internet and Wikipedia because uh, within minutes I can find out what exactly I was trying to think. So the Pleiades, uh, which in the Greek mythology were the companions of Artemis and uh, the seven daughters of the Titan Atlas and the sea nymph Pleione. Uh, so these, these girls, apparently, according to the... I, I believe it was Cosmos, the new one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. They, they mentioned the fact that, you know, the way we see stars on the planet Earth over time will change, and some of these constellations won't look the same. You know, and the fact that we're here in the now, the way it is, you know, that's what we see. So, apparently, Orion, uh, if you're seeing it in the sky, try and visualize, you know, you got Orion in the bottom left, and on the bo- top right, you've got the Pleiades. Um, and then the story that I think they told in Cosmos was that Orion was chasing after the Pleiades sisters, uh, and they were in this eternal um, chase uh, running away from Orion, and that over time, uh, as the the Pleiades separates away from Orion, and this is hundreds of thousands of maybe even millions of years, I'm um, just really throwing numbers, but it's a long time, so we don't have to worry about this. But in the future, um, Pleiades, the Pleiades sisters, the seven daughters, will actually outrun Orion and will never actually... Orion will never actually be able to catch them. Uh, so that's, uh, that's another interesting piece of mythology that actually works well with real life. Again, that's if it's true, but uh, that, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I, I, had, I had some fun looking up uh, the mythology, so we're definitely going to do it again next month. Uh, if you have any ideas, uh, please let me know. I'm definitely sticking to Greek mythology for right now, but if there's any constellations you want me to touch on, uh, you know, just make sure to get in touch with me he, either on Twitter at El Greco, that's E-L-G-R-3-C-O. Uh, you can catch me uh, by email at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com or just uh, go to the website todayinspace.net and uh, contact me. And uh, we can definitely, definitely put your ideas up on the show. Uh, more than welcome to. And uh, that that about does it for this week. Sorry for it being a little bit shorter than usual, but um, had less time this week. So don't worry. We got a lot of really exciting stuff coming forward. I mean, Scott Kelly and Mikhail Konyanko's year in space is coming to an end, so you know we'll be covering that pretty soon. We'll definitely cover more on the year in space in the next few weeks as we come to close with that. Uh, There's plenty of other things. I know SpaceX will have another launch soon enough. Blue Origins will definitely be doing something else, but we won't know until they release a video, because <laughs> they're secretive like that. And uh, just uh, keep pushing forward, guys. Um, uh, that means a little bit more to me this week. Uh, it was definitely difficult getting the show out this week, but it's 
it's what it is that's you know things don't always work out the way you want so you got to push through those tough times and the times when you know you just want to kick back and not do anything just push forward and keep going for the things you're trying to do whatever it might be whether it's you know simply just having a better relationship with people around you to getting better at something you're doing like a skill you know in my case it's 3d printing you know just keep pushing forward to whatever you're doing and and surround yourself with good people or at least people who are who have the same ideas as you the same um drive as you you know it'll 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 go a long way I, re- I really really do believe that and uh that's it guys thank you for listening Again, uh, if you want to help support the show, go to this week's episode or todayinspace.net slash home, the homepage, and uh, that's two separate things. It's just slash home, but that is the homepage. Anyways, uh, <laughs> make sure to subscribe. Uh, go, you know, Use that link to shop, and you can help support the podcast and the science we got going on here. And that's it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll be back next Thursday, I promise, (laughs) next Thursday night uh, for another episode of Today in Space. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody.